I'm excited to be here tonight, and I want to thank you guys, those of you that listen, worship. That was awesome. It's amazing how worship just prepares your heart. And uh, I was just sitting there just really basking in worship. I love to worship the Lord. And, and I knew tonight was going to be a good night because I, I, I left my house. I was trying to get here, but I had to go um, talk to the elf on the shelf because the elf on the shelf is supposed to come the first like day in December, if you don't know the Elf on the Shelf rules. So I walk in and somebody's like, you're not going to believe this, but the Elf on the Shelf inventor's son is here. I'm like, I got to get a selfie. That's awesome. So <laughs> this is really cool. I'm excited. So um, let's pray real quick and I'll get started. I'm going to get you to help me out as we get started. So let's pray. Um, Father, you are a resurrected Lord and Savior. Death nor the grave could hold you down. So I just ask you to simply bless the teaching of the word tonight, Father, and ask us in the precious name of Jesus, our risen and resurrected Savior. Amen. Um, all right, so I'm, I'm going to ask for a little bit of help right quick. And don't be scared to volunteer. There's nothing weird or crazy, but I just want to ask you a question. I want you to be honest with me. Um, I want to know how many of you here have like a scar like a scar on you, like a pretty good scar. And if you have like literally like a one sentence like scar story, like don't go into like a full out testimony of how Jesus saved you because of scarless, but like just a quick like story and you'd be willing to share it, just like raise your hand where the scar is. Don't show it um, unless it's somewhere you can just see it. But all right, what, so what, what's, your, what's your scar? What's your name? Uh, ben. Ben. Yeah. All right, Ben, where's your scar? Uh, it's on my left cheek. Left cheek. Bit by a dog. Yeah. Anything crazy about the dog story? Uh, it bit me again four years later and gave me another scar. Okay, so you got two scars, bit twice. <laughs> Same dog? Same dog. Okay, yeah. He didn't learn. Um, all right, who else has got one? Another scar, scar story? I uh, busted my chin on my own little RV. On your what? Uh, busted my chin on my, when I was three years old on my Elmo RV. That's what I thought you said. Elmo RV. Okay. Okay. Go, like it. All right. Tore your ACL in your knee. How'd you do that? Playing soccer. Playing soccer. Okay. All right. One more back here. I think. You had thyroid cancer when you were 17. Wow. Um, wow. That's heavy. One, one more. I had a 10 pound ovarian cyst surgically removed. 10 pound ovarian cyst surgically removed. When, when was that? Uh, junior high school. Junior high school. Wow. Let's do one more. One more. Anybody want to share? Crazy. Crazy story. See a hand back there. Um, I was impaled playing ca capture the flag. So where's the scar? Impaled playing capture the flag? Yeah, on my like, ankle. Okay. On your ankle. Okay. Wow. Um, crazy. So uh, the reason I'm starting with this is I want you guys to think about, we could probably do this all night, right? Like we could just go around and talk about all the scars that all of us have. And we could do that. We probably have people who are athletes who could tell stories of like uh, how they got their scars and why they have them. But the truth is, you know, we don't just have physical scars, but we have emotional scars. We have both of those. And I was really praying tonight about what to talk to you guys about. And I was trying to think of some cool, like catchy Christmas theme or whatever. And I'm like, well, I've got like 24 hours to prepare this. So I better get on it. And so, um, but I felt like the Lord's really putting on my heart to talk to you about scars tonight. And the reason I want to talk to you about that is because I think a lot of times people are ashamed of scars. A lot of times they're ashamed of their physical or emotional scars. And I remember being in college and it seemed like at that age, like you're really worried about what other people thought. Um, you still worry about it. I'm 40, which is crazy. I'm usually in bed like three hours ago. But 
I, you know, I still worry about what people think, but in college, I really worried about it. And I, I worried about the emotional things I'd been through. I didn't really want people to know. But the older that I got, the more I've realized that those scars actually have stories. And those stories are actually what's my testimony. And what speaks the loudest to other people is when I share with them what I've been through and the hardship I've been through. Because usually somebody is like, oh yeah, I can relate. I've actually done some dumb things too that led to the scar that I have. So I want you to think tonight, when I say a, a few things here, I want you to think about, is this you? Have you been depressed? Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit it pretty hard. Have you dealt with abortion? Have you dealt with sex with people that you shouldn't have had sex with? Have you had addiction? Have you had cancer? I already heard a couple people mention that. Have you lost a scholarship? Have you had an injury keep you from playing the sport you desired? Did somebody break up with you that you thought you would marry? Um, have you had to change your major? All those things, I'm throwing them at you quickly, but those are all things that when I was in college, like it seemed like nobody wanted to own, but a lot of people were carrying the weight of dealing with some of those things. And I really believe the enemy, the enemy Satan, wants nothing more than for you to think that you need to hide your scars, that you need to wear long sleeves and wear long pants and wear a turtleneck and hide all the hard things that you're going through when the truth is that God, I think, wants you to share those things at the right time in the right way with the right people. You say, how do I know that? Well, that's what I want to talk to you about tonight is the fact that Jesus didn't hide his scars. I got to thinking about this story and this just hit me really hard. If you have a Bible and you want to follow along or Bible app, you can look in John 20. John's one of the four gospels. Gospel means good news, but it's just John 20. I'll, I'll read it for you. But this is about after Jesus was, was, after he died, he was crucified and he was resurrected. He comes back and he has scars. Do you guys remember this? You remember this story? So it says, uh, John 20, 19 through 20. It says, On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of Jewish leaders, Jesus came. Now remember, Jesus has been dead. Jesus came and stood among them, and he said, Peace be with you. And after he said this, what did he do? You know what he did? Not your question. He showed them his hands. It says he showed them his hands and his side. Now, what were in his hands and his side? There were nail holes in where they had pierced him in the side. And it says that he showed them to them. He showed them his scars. And it says the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. So it's so crazy to me. You ever thought about that? I mean, it just hit me. I'm like, Jesus comes and he shows everybody his scars. Now, Jesus had been resurrected. If you know the story of the crucifixion, what all did they do to him? They put a crown of thorns on his head. They flogged him. They, they, they beat him. I mean, he was so bad off that he had to get another guy to carry his cross. Like, he was beat bad. But when he comes back, the Bible doesn't tell us anything about any of the rest of his body. It doesn't say he had any gaping wounds or anything like that. It just says that he had these scars. Why weren't the scars healed? Why, if Jesus was resurrected, why wasn't everything healed? And I think the reason is because Jesus was going to use those scars for his glory because those scars told his story. In fact, do you all know, I don't know how well you know your Bible. How, how long did Jesus spend when he came up from death and he came to the earth, which is called the resurrection? How long did he spend before he ascended to heaven? Anybody know? A lot of people don't know this. A lot of people think he went like right from the grave to heaven. He spent 40 days, right? He spent 40 days and then, then anyway, and then he sends the Holy Spirit 10 days later. So, um, but yeah, so what I'm trying to get to you tonight is I want you to think about how do you testify 
And testimony just means sharing the good things that God has done in your life. How do you share your testimony with other people? So do you know how to do that? Like, do you know how to share the bad that you've been through in a way that brings glory and honor to God? Like, what's up with the 828 thing? Well, it's not just a time, is it? What is that as a verse? It's Romans 8.28, which is what? That God works all things out for the good of those who love Him. What does that mean? God works all things out for the good. It means that no matter how bad the is that hits the fan, like God's going to use it for His glory. So, um, every scar has a story. I don't know if you can see it. You already beat me. Who's the dog? Dog, dog, dog guy. Twice bit dog guy. Um, <laughs> You mentioned the dog. I was going to tell a story like on my lip. I have this little line. A lot of times people don't really notice it, but if you get up close, you can see it. And um, my parents had this, this little dog when I was a kid. I was like five years old. Maybe this is your story too, but I like to pull his tail. And um, my parents told me not to pull his tail. So, of course, they told me not to, and I did. And um, I remember he got in our, our Ford F100 old truck, and the dog was like cornered in there. And I climbed his little kid. I can still see it. I was, I was probably four. And I reached in, his name was Luke, and he was just sitting there, and I'm like, hmm, my parents are around, there's his tail. And I pulled his tail. I was like, Argh. I mean, I just yanked it. And he turned around, he bit me in the face. And the reason I remember it is because my parents were like, well, that's what you deserve. Um, and I'm sharing that to say, you know, there's a story, there's a scar. Everybody has scars. All scars tell stories. Might be a breakup, might be that you had to change majors, could be the loss of a parent. I had a friend who lost her parent while they were in college, which was crazy. Um, loss of a scholarship. But how do you use it to minister to other people? So everybody was there when Jesus appears and shows these scars, except for one person. You remember who it was? He got a nickname, Doubting Thomas. Thomas was the only one who wasn't there. Um, and the scripture uh, tells us today, it says that he, Thomas wanted to see. It says that he wanted to see for himself. Um, tells us in John 20, 25, says, Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, Didymus means twin. He was a twin. We don't know anything about his other twin, or his twin. But says, One of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, Hey, we've seen the Lord. He's like, What? He's dead. <laughs> like, right? But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I'm not going to believe. Y'all know anybody like that? They're like, I'm not about this whole God thing until I experience a miracle myself. It's like, you can preach at me all day long, but like, listen, I'm not for it. I'm not with it. The only way that they'll probably change is if they actually see it themselves. Did you know that you are the miracle? Did you know that you are Jesus to people? Like your testimony is Jesus to people. Like we are Him on earth. See, other people want evidence. And the evidence is in our life and how we face the issues that we have. So John 20, 26-27 says this. It says, A week later, so a whole week later, His disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Doubting Thomas. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came. Listen, doors were locked, so Jesus like walks through the door, which just would have been like, what? <laughs> I mean, he just comes in, right? It would have totally freaked people out. He, he did this 40 days. He just pops, pops up, shows up, scares the 
the Jesus out of people. Um, but the doors were locked. Jesus came. He stands among them. And he just goes, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, right? So you got all 12 of them around. And he just looks right at Thomas. And he says, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. And then he goes, stop doubting and believe. I'd have some conviction if I was Thomas at that point. I'd been like, ooh. But I probably would have gone, are you sure? I would have poked him and been like, let me say this. Um, so why do we hide our scars? Because Jesus didn't hide his. Like, if Jesus would have hidden his scars, we wouldn't even have the whole story of the gospel. Like, if he just stayed in the grave. I mean, like, that's why we're 2,000 years later. Like, there's millions and millions and millions of Christians because he appeared in those 40 days and people knew that it was a miracle, that it actually was him, the man who died, the man who they saw beaten, crucified, all these things. And then he just appears and he's got the holes in his hand and his side. And they're like, that's him. That's Jesus. I love it when somebody owns their scars. Like, I just love, like, I just love when people are just like, man, this is who I am. That's how I am. I'm like, you know, just pray for my hemorrhoids or whatever. <laughs> Sorry, it's a bad analogy. But, you know, like, people, I'm just like very open, you know. That's the joke that my buddies tell me. Like, you'll just say, pray for my hemorrhoids. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that, but I did. So let's move on um, quickly. Um, but, uh, you know, it's like, I just don't hide anything. I'm just like, I, this is who I am. Like, I'm just, I'm broken. I messed up. My wife and I are both like that. We're very open. You eat dinner with us. She's a nurse, and we just talk about everything. We're just very open. Um, but I love it when other people are open, and they're like, man, I'm just broken too. And the reason I love that is because I feel like church nowadays is a place where you're supposed to go and have it all together. But the truth is, church should be a place where you go and you're just broken. And you're like, man, we're all broken. Like, everybody's broken. Like, hopefully everybody here at night realizes that you're all broken. Like, if you think you're perfect, like, I don't know, welcome, Jesus. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> I'm glad you came back. But we're all, we're all broken. Every single one of us, like, nobody's got it together. And we shouldn't act like we have it together. When we get together as Christians, we should all just go, man, how, hallelujah. Like, we're all celebrating together that we're broken. And Jesus is the one who redeemed us. Like, I love older people. They just own, like, their, their scars. Like, you walk into the doctor's office, and you just hear older people in there, and they're just, like, talking about their injuries. And, you know, like, oh, I played, you know, they'll talk about football in college. Oh, I used to play football. And I was, well, my knees are bad. Or I used to jump out of helicopters when I was in the military. You know how older people do. And they just, they're just very open about why they're so um, broken or why they're in pain. But, um, you know, it, it's to me, it's scars are beautiful because scars tell the stories and they tell stories of victory because if you're able to tell the story of the scar like some of you were, it didn't kill you. I mean, you know, like, like the cancer's scary and hearing that, but it didn't kill you, so it, you survived it. So if you're here to tell your story, you made it through it, which means it made you stronger. It's like somebody come back from war and just being like, man, like, here's where I took the bullet. Like, they're telling the story because they made it. So I guess what I'm trying to say to you guys tonight um, is I want you to feel free in this space or in your small group or wherever to share that you're broken. Like, don't feel like you got to have it all together. I used to see people, and I thought they had it together. Like, I would see couples, like, right? So I go to my church, there's a bunch of affluent people, and I remember I would see a guy, and he, like, I don't know, had his hair, 
which I was like, that's great. And he'd have like, you know, like nice teeth and he'd have it all together and he didn't have pictures like that one. But, uh, and, uh, and he'd be with this girl and they'd like, you know, just look like they had it going on. I was like, gosh, like me and my wife, like we argue and fuss and like, you know, we have all these health issues and stuff that happen. And, and, um, and then the couple would come sit down in my office and they'd start telling me all their junk. And I was like, holy crap, like you guys are like just as broken as we are. I mean, I would say that. That's what I was thinking. Um, you know, or you, you like see people and you think they got it together. And the truth is like, I mean, I'd see guys and I'd, I'd be like, man, y'all are, man, dude, dude looks like he's got going on. I mean, then I'd meet his wife and I'd be like, nah, you're not having it going on. That's a joke. But I mean, <laughs> like, you know, you just, you don't want to try to like, you don't want to judge people. You don't want to assume you know where they are because you don't. And like you look around here and you might look at people and go, man, I tell you what, he looks like he's got going, man. He's playing football. Like he, he's got or she's like, you know, doing whatever, uh, you know, like playing this sport or she's cheerleading or doing whatever. And she's got it going on and like she's so pretty and, you know, she doesn't have any zits and she's like, she's great. And, you know, I mean, you just look at people and judge them. We judge people like that. We do. We judge them like, man, she makes good grades and she's got scholarship and all this. And the truth is that person may be thinking about suicide. Like, um, no joke, I've done three funerals for three college kids um, in the past uh, three years. They've all been twin boys, which is really crazy. So I've been trying to minister to the twin brothers. But all three of them died in different events, and they all were twins. And um, the last one that died, um, no joke, I get the phone call, go over to his house. He had taken his own life in the bathroom. Now, this is what's so crazy. That that morning, like the night before, he'd gotten up, packed all of his stuff, going off to App State, comes from an affluent family, packed the truck up, has all the stuff in the truck, twin brother, everybody, nobody knows anything's going on. His mom gets up that morning, they're going to go up to App State and kind of like drop him off, they're driving separate cars, but, and she goes to play tennis, she comes back, they're supposed to leave at lunch, he's in the bathroom, shot himself. I'm first on the scene along with the police officer because they call me. 18 years old, like from the outside looking in, dude has it going on. Good looking guy, um, affluent, made it into college, got a twin brother, great friend group, good church, took his own life. So I'm just telling you, we need to be able to share a junk with each other. Like everybody's stuff stinks, right? Like, everybody puts their pants on one leg at a time. Like, nobody's any more special than anybody else. So, there's this freedom that happens when you start sharing with one another what you're really going through. And what I will tell you as a pastor is that the enemy wants you to be ashamed of those scars, once again. And God wants to use them for His glory. The enemy wants you to doubt the resurrection. The enemy didn't want Jesus showing those scars to people. The enemy wants us to believe we're condemned. He wants us to believe that we're damned to hell because of our sin. And so we don't want to tell anybody about our sin. Like, gosh, oh, nobody looks at pornography. Nobody does that. Nobody has sex before marriage. Nobody has an addiction in college. Like, nobody does any of that. We can't talk about any of that stuff because if we do, someone's going to look at me like I'm a three-eyed monster. The truth is probably everybody's doing something they shouldn't be doing. And so there's this freedom and this, this breaking of chains when you start now. Pick the appropriate place. But when you start sharing your brokenness, like that's called a testimony. A testimony, once again, is giving evidence to the good things God has done in your life. So, I mean, like my wife and I love to meet with other couples and be like, hey, we were at a bad place at one point, but God brought us through it. Like, you know, I mean, like if you've got a story of addiction, you've come out on the other side, share it with people. 
Or man, you had that boyfriend that you were like, dude, I, I was, like, was going to marry him, and he was cheating. Right? Like, other people are going through that. Or, you know, I was dating this girl, and like, man, I was so in love with her, but I knew she wasn't a Christian. I wanted so bad to make her into who I wanted her to be. Y'all do like missionary dating, where you're like, please, please, Jesus, turn into who I want her to be. But, um, you know, like, and we broke up, and I thought it was the worst thing in the world. I went through this. And I thought it was the end of the world. Life is never going to go on. Like, it was just terrible. It was the best thing that ever happened to me because I met my wife. So I'm just saying, share your story with other people when you're ready. A few other things. Um, scars keep you from repeating the same mistake. Well, this is the dog. Sorry, I keep going back to the dog. But I, I, that was a good liner until I heard your story, but you did it again. So. Um, but just know the repercussions. Like when you, when you get a scar, if you do something dumb, like don't do it again. Like let the scar be a reminder. Like, man, I shouldn't have done that. Um, like I, I have this scar on my lip, and I'm always like, I shouldn't pull a dog's tail. <laughs> Shouldn't have done the first place. One other thing. There's a difference in a wound and a scar. I want to make sure you guys know that. Like, what's the difference in those? Like, a wound hasn't healed. Right? So a scar is healed, which means a scar's had time. A wound has not. So some of you in here may have wounds right now. And you're like, yeah, that's great. Talking about sharing a testimony, but I am nowhere near ready to share that. That's because it's a wound. It's because it still hurts when you talk about that girl or you talk about that guy or you talk about that team that you didn't make or you talk about that scholarship you didn't get or whatever it is. We just don't want to talk about it because it, it, it hadn't healed over. Like, um, I dated the girl I was talking about for five years. Like, I would just tell y'all, an aside, I'll step over here, this is an aside from the sermon. If you're dating a person who is not a believer, just go ahead and get out. Like, just end it. Like, just save yourself time. Listen, I'll just be honest with you. Y'all both need to get your relationship right with Jesus. Then get together. Um, now, I know that may sound judgmental, but you just, I see young people do that all the time. They're trying to make somebody in the Christian that they want them to be. And I'm just telling you, like, you'll waste a long time doing that. So, <clears throat> anyway, I moved back over here, but now I'm back over here. Um, just don't do that. Like, look for godly people. Like if, I mean, so you may be here and not be a believer and forgive me for assuming everybody is, but I'm just saying, if you're a believer, look for people who love Jesus. The biggest turn on in the world is someone who loves Jesus. Guys, you're like, man, I got to dress right. Got to do my hair right. Got to get this right. Got to smell right. No, you just need to love Jesus and she'll come. Like girls, like if you're not attracted to, don't go for the bad boys. Like go for the boys that love Jesus. I'm telling you, because it's like the bad boy's cool and all until you get married and then they don't love Jesus. And our whole life is around Jesus. Anyway, that's a whole other sermon. Y'all have that next year. But um, So anyway, back to my scars. But I'm just saying uh, a scar, definition of a scar is a mark left by the healing of injured tissue. A mark left by the healing of injured tissue. So, so maybe something's hurt you and has had time to heal. A couple other things I'll say, and then I'll, I'll wrap it up. But this place right here, to me, uh, I used to do what we called the Baptist Student Union. It was the FCA. It was the Baptist Student Union. Um, and uh, we did dance. We actually did dance, but, but most Baptists don't. We had dances. I don't know if y'all have dances. You're all like, no. Okay. Yeah, we have swing dances. That's right. Wearing the um, Cousin Eddie stuff. <clears throat> but uh, 
it's just th th think, think about this though. Um, FCA to me, the Baptist Student Union, the way it become, it should be like a hospital. This place should be like a hospital. Like this should be a place where you bring, like, your brokenness. Like I don't, I don't know. Is this place like that? I don't, I don't know. This is my first time here, so I don't, I don't know. If y'all can come in and be like, hey, I need prayer because, like, man, this hit the fan in my life. Like, I really just need some prayer from somebody. Don't judge me. I just need prayer. And everybody's like, man, we will pray for you. Just, like, get right here, and we'll lay hands on you, and we'll pray for you. Um, I just think sometimes we scream we're in pain, and all the Christians around go, oh, my gosh, you did that? Like, and instead of praying, they start gossiping. Um, but you need to be able to bring in your brokenness to this place. Proverbs 28, 13 says, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. He might go, okay, Justin, where are you getting all this stuff from? Well, once again, I just go back to Jesus because the Bible tells us it was by his wounds that we were healed. So like he, he's the originator. By his wounds, we were healed. Isaiah 53, 5. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. So here's what I'll say as I end. Um, the last verse in John 20, 28, Thomas said to him when he saw him, and, and he put his like, hands in his side, in, in, in his hands, he went, my Lord and my God. He was like, it's you. He knew it could only be God. I said it earlier, and I'll say it one more time, but my guess is some of you here have scars, emotional. But if I remember when I was in college, the majority of you have wounds right now. It's just places of pain. Y'all went through COVID in college. Like That's hard. That would have just full out, yeah. That's just terrible. I mean, I, I can't imagine. That would be super depressing. So, you know, you're dealing with stress and anxiety. You got like social media, which I know is old, like y'all have grown up with it, but I didn't. So it's like crazy what you have to deal with. And everybody compares themselves and looks at everybody else. Like, oh my gosh, that's what they're doing, they're doing, they're doing. I'm like, the only way you could do that when I was young is like be with somebody, <laughs> look at them. So, um, you know, I guess what I'm saying to you is, Man, just know that it's okay to come here and lay down your wounds. And I don't know how y'all do that. Do y'all do closing songs? Do is that what y'all do? I don't know what I like to do in our church. And I don't know if y'all ever do this, but y'all um, could just make this an altar. And if you wanted to come up here and just bring your wounds and just lay them down, you might say, I don't know what that looks like. All it looks like is just being like, God, I'm just going to lay it down. Like, I just give it to you. And you just come and you just kneel. Or you have somebody pray for you. Like, I'd be glad to pray for you guys tonight if you need somebody to pray. Or you go, man, how can one person pray for everybody? Well, they can't. That's why the Bible tells us to pray for each other. And James 5 says this. It says, therefore, let us confess our sins and pray for each other so that we may be healed. For the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And so maybe you just find somebody beside you and go, man, would you just pray for me? Because I'm struggling and I'm about to go home for the holidays. I got all these exams and the stress and I'm going to go home. And I got to do it with my family. And I don't want to do it with my mom. I don't want to do it with my dad. They're divorced, blah, blah, blah. You know how it goes. Like, so just don't be ashamed to bring it and lay it down. You got a choice tonight. You can dwell on the pain or you can dwell on the healer. So make a decision 
to use your scars for his glory. And I'll remind you, as I always do every time I speak, that it's by grace through faith that you're saved. It's not by works, man. People get that messed up. People think, man, I got to get it all right. You don't have to get it right. Nah, you just got to call on Jesus. And be like, Lord, just help me, man. I'm broken. I'm messed up. I did something I shouldn't have done. And man, I'm in a mess and I need you and I love you, Lord. And the Bible tells us by his grace, unmerited, undeserved favor, that we're saved. And uh, we accept him by believing in who he is, confessing our sins, just confessing that he's Lord and Savior. So I'm going to pray for you guys. I might spend, spend just a few minutes in prayer. I don't know if worship team wants to come up or how y'all do that. Y'all can come up while I pray. Um, I know it's a heavy topic, but man, that's what the Lord laid on my heart. Maybe somebody need to hear that tonight. And as I pray, I just ask you to open yourself to the movement of the Holy Spirit. So let the Spirit move. And, and, um, and I'll, I'll come kneel up here, and y'all don't feel like it's weird if I'm the only one. I'm kind of used to that in my church sometimes. Um, but I'll just kneel and pray. i got a couple things I could pray about tonight. And you're welcome to join me. And there's something you want to pray for. If you see a friend that's kneeling, just lay a hand on their back and pray with them. Pray for them. Just pray over them. That's what we do as Christians. So beautiful about being believers in Christ. Um, Father God, I thank you for this group of young people here tonight, Lord. I thank you for every one of them that came out, God. I can tell that you're doing a good work in and through this place. Um, first of all, I pray over the worship leaders tonight, Father. I thank you for them leading us in worship and in song and preparing our hearts to hear the word of God. Lord Jesus, I thank you that after you were died, that you came back three days later, you were resurrected and you walked right through that door um, and, and just showed them your hands. And Father, that you, you showed us it's okay to have scars and to have brokenness. Lord Jesus, I have no idea if anybody in here is resonating with this word. But Lord, I know I do. I know I have been broken in my life. And so I just thank you for the grace of God. I thank you for the redemptive power of the cross. Thank you so much, Lord, that when we mess up, uh, bad relationships with people we shouldn't be in relationships with, sexual sin, gosh, addiction, all the things we've talked about, depression, loneliness, suicide, Lord, all the junk of the world, I thank you that you are the ultimate redeemer. Father, I pray tonight that we can just make um, this space up here on the stage just a kneeling rail and just come and lay down what we've got before you. Thank you that you love us. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord, um, I just pray tonight that if anyone does not know you, Lord, there's no pressure to do this. There's no twisting of an arm, but just that they know they can confess and believe and that they will receive the faith. Um, they will receive a relationship with you. And you tell us you will never leave us and you will never forsake us. So speak to your children tonight. Um, remind them that you're always here. And Lord God, I thank you um, for Romans 8:28, that in all things, you work for the good of, of those who, who love you, Lord, who've been called according to your purpose, Lord Jesus. And just use our mess, turn it into a miracle. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for this Christmas season. Just lastly, ask you to prepare our hearts as we go home. Help all, everyone to get through the exam times and all the stress and anxiety of that. But Lord, help us as we go home and just give us strength as we face families, dynamics, old friends, um, just whatever pressure may be, um, protect us. We thank you, Lord. We love you. Thank you for the birth of your son, Jesus. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen.